The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Mythology Explained YouTube channel. Please note that there are two narrators for this podcast, myself, Silas, and Zach. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Mythology Explained. In today's video, we're going to be discussing the resurrection of Osiris. The myth of Horus and Set vying for the kingship is both one of the best known and most important in all of the Egyptian mythos. The impetus for this story is that age-old dynamic in which one person has power and another person coveting that power is driven to evil action. In this iteration, Osiris is king of all. He imparts on mankind the gifts of civilization and agriculture, and no one, with the exclusion of Set, wished anything but for his reign to be long and prosperous. Admittedly, there is a range of reasons that supposedly drove Set to murder his brother, one as Osiris kicks Set and yet another as Osiris bed Nephthys, Set's wife. But in this video, we're just going to stick to the version of Set being that archetypal, power-hungry, tired of always being number two person. Osiris inherited his lofty position from impeccable lineage. Ra, the sun god, was the original king, but as he grew older, he abdicated his throne, ascended to the heavens, and began his eternal, cyclical journey across the stars, and then through the underworld. His emergence from the underworld brought the dawn, and night fell when he departed the mortal plane. His first successor was his son, Shu, the personification of air, who in turn was succeeded by his son, Geb, the personification of the earth, who was then succeeded by one of his sons, Osiris. Geb's other son was Set, and Geb's two daughters were Isis and Nephthys, the consorts of Osiris and Set, making two brother-sister pairs. So Osiris was king, and Set, his younger brother, was jealous of him, coveting the kingship. Set used all his guile and cunning to supplant his brother and take the throne for himself. There are many accounts that detail how exactly Set killed Osiris. The most popular version has him lock Osiris in a chest, which is then cast into the Nile. Another version has Set transform himself into a bull and trample Osiris into the ground. Regardless of Set's preferred method, the simple murder of Osiris didn't go far enough to satisfy him. He carved up Osiris' body, dismembering him, and then scattered the pieces across the sands of Egypt. This final act of jealous rage was what finally and truly separated Osiris' soul from his body. When Osiris' soul transcended the living world to the underworld, he became the first living thing to die. As the first resident of the underworld, it was only fitting that its rule be bestowed upon him, making Osiris the king of the underworld. At this point, Set, the usurper, was absconding himself on the throne. He was sitting high and mighty, resting back on his laurels, thinking the situation was all trussed up. He had dispatched his brother, and there was no son of Osiris to rise up and challenge his rule, or so he thought. You see, unbeknownst to him, Set had placed himself in a precarious position. Isis, grieving and infuriated, had no intentions of taking the murder of her husband lying down. She was a powerful magic wielder, and a plethora of spells were at her disposal. She enlisted the aid of her sister, Nephthys, and the two of them searched every riverbank and sand dune in all of Egypt. By canvassing every inch of land and water, all of Osiris's scattered body parts were recovered. That is, every body part except for Osiris's penis, which was eaten by fish. Isis had to use her magic to fashion a new penis for her husband. The two sisters then implored the god Anubis for aid. 
Anubis offered succor by performing the first ever embalming ritual on Osiris. Isis used her magic in concert with the arts of Anubis to resurrect her fallen husband. The resurrection wasn't permanent, though, so Osiris was only able to grace the land of the living long enough to impregnate Isis with a son. Isis travelled to Chemis in the Nile Delta, a place beyond the reach of Set's rule, and a place where she could raise her infant son, Horus, in relative safety. With them was the cow goddess Hathor, who played wet nurse and weaned little Horus by letting him suckle on her utters. When Horus had grown into manhood, Isis brought him before the divine council of assembled gods and demanded that they renounce Set as their ruler and acknowledge Horus's birthright, the throne. When it came to reaching a verdict as to who would sit on the throne, Horus or Set, the gods were split. Ra himself was opposed to Horus claiming the throne, underwhelmed by the prospect of a mere boy replacing the mighty Set. Not all the gods shared his convictions, though. Many of the gods were sympathetic to Horus's plight, persuaded by the obvious rightness of his claim. Among those who sided with Horus were Ra's oldest son, Shu, the personification of the air, and Thoth, the scribe god. Throughout the convocation, Isis staunchly supported Horus, advocating for him, and her arguments were so compelling that they began to enrage Set, who, with vitriol dripping from his lips, vowed that he would kill a god each day Isis kept her place on the council. Ra accurately perceived that the situation was about to boil over, so he decided to diffuse the escalating hostility to let cooler heads prevail. He proposed that every member of the council, except for Isis, reconvene on a nearby island. To ensure that they would not be disturbed once relocated, he ordered the ferryman to withhold passage from Isis so that she could not follow. Isis was not deterred. She disguised herself as an old crone and implored the ferryman to grant her passage. At first, she was rejected, but the ferryman later obliged once Isis bribed him with a golden ring. Now ferried across, Isis assumed a new form, that of a beautiful woman. Knowing Set to be lecherous and insatiable when it came to matters of the flesh, she knew he would make an advance, as sure as a moth was lured to a flame. Set took the bait and began to flirt with her. She used this opportunity to ensnare Set and make a hypocrite of him. In the guise of a beautiful woman, she supplicated Set, asking him to intercede on her behalf. She explained that a stranger came by after her husband died. The stranger staked claim to the cattle herd that was bequeathed by right of blood to her son. When the boy protested, the stranger threatened him with violence. She proceeded to beg Set to restore her son's inheritance. Set, spurred on by his loins, feigned indignation, exclaiming that someone couldn't claim that herd of cattle while the son was alive. By declaring these words, Set had just condemned his own seizing of Horus's throne. Having extracted what she sought, Isis promptly transformed herself into a kite and let the wind blow her away. News of Set's hypocrisy reached the other gods, winning them over to Horus's side. Unfortunately, though, this struggle was not destined to end so simply. Just before Horus was to be crowned, Set barged in and challenged Horus to a series of contests to determine once and for all who the rightful king of the earth was. For the first challenge, Horus and Set transformed themselves into hippos and fought each other in the waters of the Nile, and Set declared that whoever was able to last for three months would be declared the winner. The situation grew more complicated by Isis's inability to resist intervening on her son's behalf. She conjured a magic harpoon and threw it with the intention of impaling Set. 
but the two gods were fighting furiously, and the waters churned around them. She missed, accidentally striking Horus. Using her magic, she quickly retrieved the weapon and launched it a second time. This time, the harpoon impaled Set, but he cried out, asking why it was that she was always against him. His words moved her, and so, using her magic, she retrieved the spear for a second time. Horus interpreted this act of compassion as a betrayal. He flew into a rage, jumped up on the riverbank, and lopped off his mother's head with a single slash of his dagger, then proceeded to take the head and wander off into the mountains. Isis, who used her magic to restore herself, was more or less unfazed, but Ra was infuriated. He ordered the gods to scour the land and find Horus. It would happen that Set was the one to find him. He descended upon Horus while he was sleeping under a tree and ripped out his eyes, leaving him blind and alone. Set then buried Horus's eyes in the desert, and a lotus flower blossomed where each one was planted. Set returned and reported that he had failed to locate Horus as all the others had, only Hathor refrained from calling off her search. She eventually found Horus in the desert and treated his bleeding sockets with the milk of a nearby gazelle, restoring Horus's sight. The two of them returned to the other gods and recounted what Set had done. Ra and the other gods were horrified, but by this time, Horus was also out of favor on account of decapitating his mother, and so the struggle over succession continued. At this juncture, the protracted contest between Horus and Set had been going on for decades. The gods were fatigued by the incessant quarrel, so Ra ordered there to be peace between Horus and Set. Rather than being an effective ceasefire, this created an opportunity that Set, conniving as ever, could exploit. He played the part of the object and invited Horus to his home under the pretense of friendship. But of course, this was just a ruse meant to lull Horus's suspicions so that Set could get the better of him. Set attacked Horus when he was sleeping and raped him. Horus wasn't wholly unprepared, though, and he managed to catch Set's seed in his hand. Horus fled and immediately sought out his mother. Isis fully understood the hazards of Set's seed. She chopped off Horus's hand, threw it into the Nile, and then used her magic to instantly grow him a new one. Now that Horus's hand was no longer contaminated, Isis had a moment to collect her thoughts and hatch a plot of her own. She took some of Horus's seed and applied it to the favorite lettuces that Set ate each day, and so Set became pregnant. The next time Set and Horus were before the council, Set thought that he had gained an advantage over his nephew. He was eager to recount his sexual domination of Horus, but this was not to be his day. Horus asked the council to call forth both his and Set's seed. To Set's chagrin, his seed answered from the Nile. Horus's, on the other hand, answered from within Set. Thoth then drew Horus's seed to Set's forehead, where it took on the appearance of a golden sun, which was interpreted as a divine symbol of Horus's right to rule. This was not to be the punctuating event in this struggle, though. Another challenge ensued in which Set proposed that he and Horus each craft a ship from stone and race them down the Nile. Horus built a ship of pine, and then plastered over it to give the appearance of stone. Set lopped off a whole mountain and used it to build a much larger ship. As soon as the race began, Set's ship sank to the bottom. However, Horus had little time to enjoy his superior position because Set transformed into a hippo and charged Horus's ship, destroying it. Horus's retaliation to this was to harpoon Set, but the other gods intervened before the situation could get any more out of control. Following this altercation, Horus presented himself before Neith, the goddess of wisdom. He begged guidance of her, 
saying that he was at his wit's end with his contest for the throne, that he and Set had been vying for it for 80 years, that he had notched his belt with countless victories but was no nearer to claiming the kingship than he was at the start, and that Set showed disdain for the council, never adhering to what it decreed. Horace's words and the conviction behind them found their way to the council's ears. The gods were moved by what they had heard, and besides, they were all eager for this contest to be put to rest. Before any final decision was made, Thoth counseled Ra to consult Osiris, so a messenger was dispatched to the underworld. Having braved the perilous journey both in and out of the underworld, the messenger returned with Osiris's reply. Osiris took the part of his son, unsurprisingly, and then scolded the gods for not supporting Horus and claiming his birthright. Ra, unaccustomed to being spoken to like this, sent back an angry reply. To this, Osiris responded that his realm was host to many demons. He threatened to unleash them on the world of the living so that they could bring back the hearts of the unjust to him. Hearing this, none wanted to arouse Osiris's ire. Horus was finally proclaimed king, and Set was brought before him bound in chains. Set finally conceded. As a consolation, Set is allowed to join Ra in the sky, the god of storms. And that's it for this video. If you enjoy the content, please like the video and subscribe to the channel.